What a year it's been, ball boys and girls, and we couldn't have done it without you. Here we are, at the end, the final. Just the debates and the games, they're all over, and we're left wet without a towel. So what's next? Well, let's find out as we bring you the source for everything World Cup. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for joining us on the FC 13 podcast. I'm your host, Andre. What a pleasure it's been. Boys, join with all the regulars, all our lovelies that have been here all year. Michael, Paul, how we doing? Uh, I was doing great. And, um, you know, for the for the purpose of all our um, audio listeners right now, all the, all the millions of them at home, um, I managed to pick myself up a Canada Black Away kit. It is as stunning in real life as it is to see on TV. So I thought I was very kitted out. I was going to be the best dressed person on this podcast. And then Mr. Michael McCall showed up with it being all less than a week before Christmas and had to outdo me. It's the the World Cup. And when the World Cup is in December, the, the second it ends, it means it's Christmas season. So got to get on. We're breaking out the Mariah Carey. Yeah. <laughs> And George I'm Michael's. not wearing anything Argentinian because it's covered in champagne and beer. So <laughs> it's starting to smell a little bit. So I think I've I've probably earned earned the right to put it in the basket and give it a wash because <clears throat> it's getting a little rank right now at this point. But what a game. That's it. We've come. We've come full circle. I mean, we we are all exciting. We have our fancy dresses on for the for the ball. And it's it. It's here. We've done it. The third place game. What a fucking game. Jokes aside, what was the score again? <laughs> did you actually Jokes watch are... it? I did. I very much did. I uh, very I, much did. I honestly did forget until you messaged the group saying, "Hey, it's one one." I'm like, "Nice." <laughs> I I was so it was so close. I was rooting for them so much. So honestly, jokes aside, obviously I can't talk about it too too much on my own. But I, we just want to say, Morocco, amazing job. Congratulations, Croatia. Um, third place. Not your first time, but Morocco, you did amazing. You did Africa proud. We're really excited for the next World Cup. But on to the meat and potatoes, Argentina, France. Fuck, that game was great. And then it stopped being great for me really quickly. And then it was good again for me. And then it stopped being good again really quickly for me. And then it went to penalties, which we all know how we feel about those. It was. It almost felt too Hollywood in a way, didn't it? Like, if you had to write this game up beforehand with, like, you know, the intention of Argentina winning, this is pretty much where you would be like, all right, so I wanted to... Wanted to go on an early lead, you know, look like they're dominating, and all of a sudden the the, the villain of the piece, Kylian Mbappe, is going to score two goals and bring them back, and then you're going to think Messi's won it, and no, not just yet, and then we're going to we're going to really stretch this one out, Avatar style, and like really, really make it look really long, and make it go to a shootout. Because <laughs> the game, the game was done. Are we going to ma- the- make make the game basically just Lord of the Rings extended edition? Just <laughs> Phil. Between the game starting and um, lifting the trophy, that's what it felt like for me. But uh, yeah, I don't know what you guys thought. Like this game was done. Yeah. Like it was completely done. And like I, I just remember like kind of sitting there in shock afterwards. I was like, see, I usually watch um, football games with my phone in my hand. You know, I'm a I'm a, millenn- I'm a millennial like that. <laughs> but uh, for being the World Cup final, you know, it's gone away. Just watching the screen, just occasionally, just like telling um. Uh, girlfriend and her mum and dad they were they were watching with me as well occasionally let them know what was going on and stuff and I went to 2-0 and I'm I went to 2 each and I'm just kind of stunned it's like I said like oh my god and then that was it I was just silence for the longest time like obviously you've seen quick goals before but like there's something about that that just felt like 
it was as if you just seen like Mike Tyson just floor someone, you know, like of like the most of a really strong punch. It just that hits so differently. <laughs> yeah, the game was the game was wild, especially from the 80th minute onward. It was um and and I, I can't. I'm lost for words on that on how this game ended. And Andre, yeah, you don't know how to talk about it. Andre cheering for Argentina. I can't imagine what you were going through. Never mind from the pen, but the second goal, you just probably like. You, I don't know if you thought it was done, but. I mean, obviously it wasn't. You guys were a tight game, but when you have a team who gets two quick goals like that, the momentum's on their side, right? But then you guys fight back. You find an answer in the extra time. There's so many talking points to this game as well. And I think we could cover most of them right now. And um, let's start with... Um, let's start with... Uh, holy shit, where to start? Let's st- Andre, where do you want to start? <laughs> There's so many talking points. Actually, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Paul? We'll start because we were talking a little bit before it. Paul, was this the best World Cup final ever? Like people are putting it out to be. It's um, it's kind of hard to answer that in the full in the full context because like there's a couple of things that you can compare it to like 1950. Obviously, like you literally had an entire country's soul getting sucked out of it, sucked to death with um, Uruguay versus Brazil. Like in terms of a seismic result at the time, like if that was to happen today, like you wouldn't know what to do with it. Um, same with nineteen fifty four, like it's it's hard to imagine Germany being a big massive underdog, but like them beating Hungary in the nineteen fifty four finals, like I don't know, it's like um Denmark or something beating Brazil in the World Cup this year or something. Like you just it seems unimaginable. Um yeah, maybe the maybe the free two of Argentina Germany in nineteen eighty six, but like it just there's so Really, I feel like this is the this is the answer. I think like yeah. it's it's kind of a harsh thing to say as well, but like because the game is so big today and professionalized, like like it's never been as good. Football's always getting better. It's always get the sports sciences coming along further. The athleticism's always getting better. The professionalism's getting better. So like what we're seeing today is can't be players back in the fifties and back that couldn't do it. Maybe if you oh, like were sure. able to transfer them into this era for sure, but like pound for pound watching game to game, this is probably the best World Cup final. Like, um, yeah, I, my, I'm going to go to love and say that for sure. My only argument is the second half was pretty boring <clears throat> until the 80th minute. France didn't look that good. Like, I was sitting here really worried. I'm like, these guys look like shit. They look like they've never played together before. You see some of these passes that were getting away from them? They were disgusting. Players weren't making runs. They couldn't break Argentina's defense. They couldn't get into the box. And then out of nowhere, on the 79th minute, one of their players finally gets into the box and draws a pen. And that turned the whole game around. But I it think that's what makes it the best for me, though. Because it happened in the last 10 minutes? Well, because it came so out of nowhere. Yes, I understand it for excitement and entertainment value. I 100% agree. But could you really say it's one of the best games, or could you really say it's the best World Cup final ever, when for a good 30 to 40 minutes almost, there was almost nothing? Probably I think we're the, I think every we're World Cup final like that. Coming, coming in from the, the best World Cup final, I think that's where, you, that's where it is. Is it, the metric that most games are stinkers, so this being turned on its head and then going to extra time and then penalties... Um, especially the extra time being exciting because, again, the extra time in the 2014 World Cup, which fucking hurt me, wasn't. It was a very, like, drab affair, and it was a runaway goal by Goats. Mm-hmm. So I think that from from just from a finals perspective, it's got to be one of the most exciting. From a game's perspective, you are right. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it literally looked to me 2-0 up, and then by the 50, 60th minute, it was just that feeling in my head was like, yeah, this has got to be it. Because how, how do they come back from being so dreary? Then when they scored two goals in like a minute and a half, then my whole world just completely collapsed and everything went out. And I was like, well, that's it. We're done. Well, we health froze up. over. When, the, oh, those, yeah. when they go those two goals, it was health freezing over. Completely. <laughs> completely. Just <laughs> not the whole Gold Cup's played in the Gold Cup's played in the winter and everything I say is like say frozen, so why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's move I did over. get a... Oh sorry, go on. No, I was gonna say I did kind of get the feeling early on in this game that this wasn't gonna be your normal World Cup final. Like Argentina were just they were too dominant for them not to score. Yeah. Like I didn't know when it was coming, but like they were just getting so many efforts on goal in France, like they were so many turnovers from their defense. It was like it completely inexcusable, you know, virus or not, virus or not. If that's like the party line here, like we're talking about just basic defending, basic basic passes. They just couldn't do it at all. And we're talking about good players. A big chunk of that French team won the World Cup last time round, and like you can, it's it's almost like a stereotype or a cliche, or whatever. That like Argentina and South American football, it's, it's very emotionally driven. It's like yeah. super emotionally charged all the time, but like. And normally that's, I feel like, a disadvantage to South American teams, but on this one occasion, it certainly, I feel like it was paying off, like, a wholly wanted a more of a desire. Like, Argentina were first to every every single ball. They were, yeah. And, like, you know, it, maybe the penalty was soft soft or not, but, like, it was certainly coming. Like, France were, did not help themselves at all. Oh, no. like, it In was, fact, they didn't help themselves until, like, the 78th minute. Well, <laughs> speaking of that pen, let's talk about that. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, there's... This isn't the only controversial goal we're going to be talking about. There's another one. I don't know if Andre picked up on it. I don't know if Paul knows about it. If you guys follow the news after the World Cup, I'm sure you've seen it. But we'll talk about the penalty first, then we'll go into the next one. Was this a pen in your opinion? I saw a lot of people crying, saying it was a soft pen. But I was like, you, you just answered your own question. It's soft, but yes, it's a pen. A pen. It's, a, it's <laughs> contact. Now, I think the only, way you could, the only way you could argue it is if you're judging the ref for missing other calls. And I don't think the ref was that bad. Like, if he was letting more aggressive shit go... I and thought then, Exactly. If he, was, if he was letting more aggressive shit go, and then he calls that one, then there's a fucking problem. But I think he, I think he held a pretty decent game. And soft pen or not, he made contact, and that's a... Fi- it's a pen. Soft or not. That This whole World yeah. Cup, this entire World Cup, has been really good for when the pens are called... That at the end of the day, they're pens. They're almost like kind of one of those ones where you're like, no, that's that's soft, hard. Like, they're just pens. Now, it's the shitty part is when you're like, that should have been a penalty all day, and they don't get called. That's no, I where I think the say, bullshit what, comes what, in. What, what annoyed me was how the fuck was that called before VAR got involved? Because he called it as it happened. And then you look at that cane foul outside the box or inside the box, depending, <laughs> and not being called. Well, that was clear as day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, what are we, 11 minutes in? We're talking about England? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if you don't compare call for call, I understand why people may say, what the fuck are you calling that for? If you don't compare the tournament. But at the end of the day, there was contact. A soft pen is still a pen. Good call. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, like, um, forgive me for being able to think of, like, a less gruesome metaphor right now, but, like, you know, if I murder someone with a rocket launcher to their face, or if I murder someone with, like, I don't know, just, like, some Bruce Lee-style punch, 
I've still <laughs> murdered them. Like you can say it's a soft murder and all that. It's not as harsh as the other murder. It's still a murder. Yep, yep. <laughs> like, there were yeah, it's like so soft many other analogies you could have went with, and you decided murder. It's such a stupid excuse because it's still a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to go with a penis one, but I'll take the murder one. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll, uh, penis and murder. I guess it's fine. That's um, what our podcast is devolved to. It's great. Pretty much. I'm still never comfortable watching Lionel Messi take penalties, and I think it's just my own stereotype of him not being good at penalties at this point. Like, for all I know, he probably is good at them. Maybe it's just me wanting to say there's, there's the chink in the armor there where there isn't. But, like, there's just all there's just always nerves for me when I watch him take, especially in a World Cup final, because, you know, just, like, how much this, like, one man's, you know, like, legacy in the game is riding on literally one game at this point, so... Whenever he, sco- whenever he scored penalties in this game, when he scored his penalties in this game, every time for me, I was just like, Phew. <laughs> You know what I don't like about watching Messi? It, it looks like he's cheating on the pants, but he's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he, he always does that little, like, fake, and then he waits for the goalie to move, but, like, he times it so perfectly where it's legal. It, it's fucking annoying. It's it, That's the timing. <laughs> that's literally the expertise and the timing that he has, because, again, every time he does it, I'm like, that's getting pulled back. Yeah, yeah. And then you watch the replay and you're like, no, he's good. You little shit. <laughs> so we'll move over to the next controversial uh, goal. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Of course not. There were no, no controversial goals. There was one. Were, uh, well, okay. Well, anyone that France did, that's controversial. No, there Shouldn't was an Argentina. There was an Argentina goal that was controversial. <laughs> and it was actually. It's not the Di Maria one, right? No, that one was it close. was Messi's extra time goal. Don't oh. Know, don't know oh, if you saw this. Controversy. The, with the players on the field before the ball goes into the net. Now, Where are they? Yep. Oh, they they ran they ran on um, but before the ball crossed the line. <laughs> to be fair, it was it was going in to cross the line. Yes. And I mean, that was the thing. If if we want to call up the controversy or, or people are like, oh, call it back, Arsenal would never get a goal because Mikel Arteta spends ninety five percent of it on the fucking field, anyways. I, I was gonna say like I maybe agree with you if I'd seen this called literally in any other football game in the 16 years I've been watching the sport, but I have never once seen a goal disallowed for something like that, especially well, because, you know, it's not as if they're running in the box. No, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the huge debate, is if you go by the rule book... The it just goal... sounds like cope, to be honest. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if you go rule for rule, buck by buck, the goal actually should have been disallowed by the rule book. No player should be on the field while the game is in play. Get a new rule book. I'll, I'll find you the fucking thing. I'll show you it. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, again, I'm not saying I agree with these people who are saying it. I'm just saying the argument is them being on the field, rule by rule, it should have been disallowed. People's argument is, well, they didn't interfere with the play. They had nothing to do with the play. The play was basically already done. Um, so I am more on the side, like, good call. They didn't do anything. They were literally just on the side. Like, they didn't, they weren't deliberately like yeah. halfway on the field or anything like that. But again, if you go, if you want the game called as the book writes, it should have actually been called back. Technically, should have been. I mean, if we're <clears> gonna go with a controversy that's that's not only say like more relevant but more pertinent, uh, Emmy being an absolute shit disturber, I am thoroughly amazed that he is not rocking a red card because even when the penalty came up and he took the ball and he was like, yeet, um. And just hucked that bitch way off to the side before the, oh, the th- yeah yeah but before the miss yeah yeah I am I am thoroughly amazed and he did it in front of the ref he did, it yeah. wasn't like the ref was turned the ref was like looking at him and he was like yeet 
And the ref is like, really? Really? I am so, uh, shocked he didn't get a yellow for that. So to try and get us back chronologically here, I've got a quick question. Um, so, um, yeah. I didn't see Di Maria starting this coming, but like you know, that was um, some like tactical tactical genius for this game because Argentina typically play very very central. They don't have a lot of um, natural width in this team, and I think France were probably expecting that. And you've seen that when Di Maria was out there, they couldn't handle him. Like they had that right winger and Dembele on toast the whole time. You know, he wins that penalty for Messi. He um, he finishes off that brilliant counter attack for the second goal. And he's he's good, really good at this. Like in the, when Argentina won the Olympics in two thousand eight, Di Maria scores in it. When they cop when they win Copa America, Di Maria scores in it. When they win the um, finalissima, whatever what would they call it, the Di Maria scored in it. <laughs> scores in this. It's, um, it's Di Maria the Samwise Ganji <laughs> to, to Lionel Messi's Frodo. I feel like it's got to be the case because it was just it's always a scenario of he's not playing, he's not playing, but he. He'll show up in the moments that matter, mm-hmm. and the rest of the time you're you're like you're kind of a liability, buddy. You're- See, almost feel like the forgotten man in this Argentina team in a way, like he barely played, and like he's been there almost as long as Messi at this point. Obviously, he's not been the best player in the world, but he's been at his best. He's been like one of the elites. So I just felt really good to see him get his mo- to get his moment. It like it was like came out of nowhere. It felt like to me and. I don't, I don't think it was the wrong decision to sub him off because I think like he's 34, he's a winger, he's going to be tired. But the game certainly shifted when he came off, which I guess is also a compliment to the way he played it. Like, France were able to get much more into it. But like again, with like with how much um, use and mileage under those legs, like I feel like there was no choice but to substitute and it was going to happen sooner or like rather than later there. Yeah, and, and that's and that's just kind of how it works. That When you have these players... And it's working, and you want to give them the break, and you're thinking of bring on fresh legs. <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't have taken them off, but again, there's a reason why I'm not, you know, coaching a World Cup side. That's at the final. So there, there are certain there are certain things. I mean, the game was absolute insanity. Um, I think kind of getting into a little bit of a segment, we'll we'll go through the the actual penalties themselves because let's jump into the player awards because this was directly affected by the game. Mbappe and Messi were both in runnings for that golden boot and Mbappe like totally just ended up like snagging it with that hat trick. <laughs> it's not even just the hat trick as well. Um, so with that first of the first goal, the penalty is actually his ball that sets, uh, that sets the penalty into, into light. Like he passes the ball to Cole Muani who, that's a brilliant game, by the way. Like, as much as we talk about Mbappe saving France, like, I feel like Didier Deschamps was basically throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks with substitutions. And um, Munde was, you know, the, the stuckiest of the pasta, in that sense. Um, <laughs> I thought, like, Otamendi could have done a hell of a lot better in terms of defending at that point in view. I thought it got a bit too easily. But sure enough, it goes to it goes to Mbappe. And I don't know why. I just kind of had a impression of like how this game is going with France right now. I thought, right, this is going to be very fitting if he misses, which in hindsight is very stupid to say. Like, you know, we're talking about a guy who's basically the football terminator at this point in time. <laughs> and then, like, the fuck, obviously that gets France back into the game, but like, it's the way the second goal happens for France as, France as well. Like, Messi is the player who loses the ball for Argentina. Again, it's um, a substitute for France, Coman, who wins the ball. So again, another one of Didier Deschamps' tactical tactical changes works. So Coleman gets the ball, get it up to Mbappe, and like, 
Jesus Christ, lad. <laughs> what a hit, son. Then uh, penalty, four minutes left. Yeah, I, I like he was deserved golden ball winner, deserved golden ball winner for it. Because even in the games he doesn't score, his presence is enough to open things up for France, like we've seen against England and Morocco. Like I feel, I feel like he doesn't really prefer playing up directly for the middle. That's what Giroud's there for. But like he's certainly capable of doing it. And you know, worthy, worthy goal, goal ball winner. Although he didn't win, I think his legacy is um almost as high at this point as as if. As if they did win it, like I feel like this has done more for his legacy and how people see him than if say like France won one nil and he didn't do much. So it was like mm. that good of a performance. You're gonna remember Mbappe in this game as much as you're gonna remember Argentina winning it. Oh, a hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um, I I don't think we've ever had. I mean, I could be hundred percent wrong here, but I don't know if we've ever had two of the Golden Boot racers chasers going into the finals together and the both combining for five goals. So it was absolutely fucking awesome to see. To me, it was probably the best part about the game was watching those two really battle out for the golden boot. Um, I'm not surprised who um, it was. Sorry, I'm happy to have. Oh my god, I'm still lost for words on this damn game. Um, <laughs> I, I am. A, I'm happy that I'm Bobby got the golden boot. He was kind of who I was cheering for to get it. I'm a big and poppy fan. Um, I think I said on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the like, Paul, you said it. His second goal was fucking phenomenal. You were lost for words. Like I just like I feel like everyone just didn't know what to do, say at the moment. I didn't think in my life I would ever cheer for France the way I cheered for that goal. <laughs> and it, I, it was uh, I was surprised at myself. Like I, I went in and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it was a good goal. Fuck that goal, but it was a good goal. <clears throat> and I'll tell you right now, it it, it just happened. And it was just jaw dropped, and I was like, that was that was otherworldly. And also, I hate you fucking so much, so so much for doing that. But it's it's just like they've gone so far. They they worked it up, and it was it was it was a battle of them going at it, and they collectively had five. We got to give shout outs though, mostly because if we don't, we'll just talk about this game for the next 35, 40 minutes, and we'll get none of the rest of this that we got to do. So Emmy takes home the golden glove. Um, absolute stellar performance. Uh, we've Mbappe obviously takes the golden boot, but then there is an award that I completely kind of forgot existed, which was the Young Player <laughs> Award. Oh yeah, Who like won that? like <laughs> yeah. Well, I I always I literally forget it exists every single World Cup. I don't even know who won it in twenty. Oh, it would have been Mbappe, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. So it's just like a scenario where you those are the ones you have to look out for because those are the ones they give based on. But it was uh, Enzo Fernandez ends up taking this one home. Yes, that's right. So, and Fernandez and McAllister were both very interesting uh, people to just to watch because it's who's to say what's going to be coming up and, and what's what's going to be going on. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I genuinely think everyone there. I think all of these awards were super well deserved. I don't know about you guys, but like, yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I, I don't have any any arguments. I didn't, it was hard I... to argue with any of them. I, I felt. I feel like I could have made a case for Bellingham for Young Player of the Year of the tournament, but like I can yeah. see that like quarterfinals might be slightly too early of an exit to win that. But yeah, like I certainly see was like winning awards of the semis at least, right? So yeah, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, like I was very impressed with him throughout his whole tournament. I feel like if say England did get to semifinals, like he would have been, he would have been awarded it. I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, I've been one to hate on Bellingham in the past, but this tournament won me over. Um, I've always thought he was a little bit overrated. I didn't think I didn't see what people loved about him. 
uh, this tournament changed my mind about him 100%. Like, I, I'll admit when I'm wrong, and I was wrong about him. I think England genuinely has such a beautiful young talent, and same with France coming up, that 2026, and, and you know, definitely we'll get into that uh, a little bit later, is going to be absolutely nightmarish for the old boys for Germany, for Argentina. I just, I think there's so much insane young talent coming in that I just, it, it's it's insane. It's insane. I do hope that we do see the, you know, what we, we sort of put as like the messy effect, that legacy of like people striving to be the absolute best or striving to um, do better and stick and stick with like their, their clubs. I think they're hoping, we, I hope we see a lot of people wanting to just, not necessarily go to an England or an Argentina where they make it a little bit of play, but portray their skills at a at a national team at a level they'll actually get playtime. Uh-huh. And I think I think hopefully seeing Messi pass the torch on to Mbappe and he keep that kind of going, I think hope I hope that we see a lot more of that in like the next World Cup. But yep. with that, and, I think we're gonna have to Martinez wiped off us wiped off an award. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, how did we not talk about that save as well? Like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm not letting Andre move on from that one either. Like, I would have straight up given him the golden glove just for that save. Oh like, literally the last kick of the ball. I thought that was in. And, I um, thought it was in. Yeah, I think we all did because <laughs> even just like from two... Yeah, like, Martinez didn't have the best save percentage in this, which is in a way like a false stat because, you know, like if you just do like 10 cup. If you just do ten cutbacks in front of an open goal, then of course the keeper's going to have a terrible like save record. You know, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really tell the full story. Like, I think the fact that like what I when I spent it two each, I immediately turned around to my girlfriend and said, "The only way Argentina are going to win this is on penalties." Gives testament to just Martinez the person because mm-hmm. you know going into that shootout, you're like, "All right, he's going to save at least two of these." And again, like you know, you're you're looking, all right, he's getting really close to the Mbappe penalties. And he's France's guy, so if he's nearly saving his penalties, yeah, yeah. And we we we've seen it turn out that way. Where he get where he's able to he's able to save one Coleman's penalty. I I know and uh I know Andre wants to move on here, but I want to make one quick point about the pens as well. If I'm France, if I'm a French fan, I am very disappointed in Lloris. Like I understand pens are very hard to stop, and it's never on the goalie to stop it. It's always on the player to fuck up. But there's also being somewhat decent and Loris, I just felt like how are you not at least getting something on these like some of them were saveable I'd say I'd say the, at least the three, French Craig Gordon I would say at least three of those Loris could have got at least fingertips too at least three uh, yeah, you don't want to be too harsh on the goalkeeper but not, like sometimes you look to, at yeah. when you look at guys like Bono for Morocco and Martinez exactly. for um, Argentina it does make you go to go around why can't our guy do that exactly and like, again like I know it's I know it's something that's hard to do. I'm not shitting on Lloris. I think Lloris is a good goalie. But at the same time, like, there's some of those. I Like, they weren't even, like, Argentina's, like, I'd say at least three of those kicks, they weren't even picking the corners. They were getting pretty close to center, and he was still missing them. A lot of that, I think, came from mind games. Maybe. And, and Argentina, that, that shithousery, that, that there, I think they were just able to get into France's head. And that's what played the games. And Martinez is just the perfect example. He will get into everyone's head and he causes people to make mistakes or go where he wants. And I think I think that my game is just sort of played and they they had their effect because you're right. 
They weren't wicked penalties that were so in top corner they're not savable. They just really got in in Larissa's head. Uh, at the end of the day, the keeper's got to choose to dive left, right, or not move really, really quickly. So like, oh for sure, yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's luck in it. I know it definitely <laughs> has some luck for sure, but I don't know. Read it better. <laughs> yeah, just fucking do that. Read a book, Larissa. Yeah, read a book. Uh, officially from from Michael. Just Michael's got the real Hugo Larissa. Do better. <laughs> <laughs> the rules <laughs> Michael the rules McCall um, I don't I, I genuinely I like I said I could talk about this all day I don't even know why we bothered putting other segments in there unfortunately I edit these so I don't want this to be like six hours long we will unfortunately have to move on I could talk about this fucking game forever it was an amazing game I'm really sad that the World Cup has come and gone it's just a shame we're the only podcast who's ever talked about this game as uh, well eh? I, so, know, <laughs> I know I <laughs> know so thanks for choosing this one, because um, we have the most unbiased opinions. Fuck France. Uh, but with that, I think, I think no, I'm kidding. Uh, we're going to have to go to a quick break. When we come back, we do have to talk about what is coming up in 2026, as well as some of our, our absolute favorite moments, because this was a very big World Cup. And, you know, let's let's be a little bit selfish. Let's see what we like. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. FC 13 podcast is sponsored by Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino. They offer in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and the MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile. And the Bet99 mobile app can be downloaded from the homepage of the website. Depositing and withdrawing funds are hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to you so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 on live chat. So go to bet99.com and make an account to get started. Remember to use our code 13thmansports1, but please gamble responsibly. 19 plus, play responsibly. Available to persons in Ontario only. Subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of an operation agreement with iGambling Ontario. If you have any questions or concerns about your gambling, or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connex Ontario 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. And now, back to the show. And we're back. Thanks so much, guys, for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed the advertisements. If you want to put your advertisements there, please pay us. We like that. We like money. We're pulling a FIFA right now. Pay us money. Pay us monies. Not Qatar. Not you. But like someone pay us monies. Kind of moving on. I think I think it's time we sort of, of deep dive into all of 2022. The, the whole World Cup. What was our, our favorite moments? Like our favorite goals, our players, games. This was this was a very, very quick World Cup. Well, I know they're usually condensed, but we we had four days instead of five days between games, and it was just rapid fire of all of the games going on. So, boys, what was your favorite moment for this World Cup? Favorite moment? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, group stages are always like, the most fun part of a World Cup, eh? and like I still go back to like um, watching group um, group E play out live at the time, the one with um, Japan, Spain, Germany, and Costa Rica. Like, um, you know, I remember telling you guys I was, like, late to work because of that because I literally couldn't leave my seat, like, just watching it unfurl. I think there was a point where, like, you know, like, Spain were top and then they ended up being bottom and Germany were top. They ended up being bottom. Costa Rica were second at one point. Japan were bottom at one point. Like, it was 
it was nuts. And um, the way it was playing out, like, you generally couldn't... You thought anything could happen at any second. Well, I didn't think Japan was going to score a third goal, but, like, you thought, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything was going to happen. Like, you heard Costa Rica score. You hear Germany score. You're watching Spain knocking on that door. They didn't have any clear-cut chances, but you thought at any second here, they score. And as it turns out, if they did, like, they would have knocked Japan out and saved Germany. And the fact as well is Japan, you know... um, they're a powerhouse in they're a powerhouse in Asia, but they like, go into this World Cup, you look at the draw going, ah, name the break guys, better luck in twenty twenty six. But not us free. <laughs> and um we're watch we're like we're watching this going like, all right, Japan, we know, we know you can do it. The way they scored that second goal as well, like I have never seen a ball that much out, but still in. <laughs> and it was still in. And uh, by, it was just by, so chaotic. By the rules, by Michael McCall me the rules. It's just Yeah, Michael will verify me. Yep. I, I, that that was that was a fucked up one. Everybody kind of digging back on that. That was fully in. Just balls are spherical, so right. there's more than just the point at the bottom. I loved it. That goal was so chaotic as well because it kind of sums up Japan's play going forward. It was so fast, so direct. You know, catch you when you're confused, sort of thing. And they just like relished in the chaos they would cause when they attacked because they were like genuinely like one of the most dangerous teams in the group stages when they were like. When they decided to attack and go direct at you, like they were like ridiculous. It's like a sumo wrestler running towards <laughs> you. If that's not, if that's too too cultural appropriate. Uh, my favorite moment. I don't know. Uh, Paul's apology for Serbia banking. Uh, yeah, tanker was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a good one. I reckon. Fondly. Oh. Uh, sticking with the obvious, Canada's first goal from Alfonso Davies. Uh, I mean, that's going to live in the mind of any Canadian fan forever. So I think you gotta stick with the, one of those ones. Um, I mean, I think I think Mbappe's second goal against Argentina, uh, that's always gonna be up there for me. Um, uh, Netherlands second goal against Argentina will be up there for me. <laughs> the little little sneaky sneaky. Fuck when, you! You won the when, World Cup. <laughs> back when Louis Van Gaal went full league. English League 2 to, yeah. <laughs> to equalise against Adventure World Champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you also look at the... Oh, my God, Argentina. Get the Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. <laughs> I'm seeing a fucking trend here. Right? I, I swear it's coincidental. Um, let me just let me just audibly put my middle finger up here for everyone listening. Uh, but to be yeah. fair, Paul took the good one with Japan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can have it too if you want. Oh, we could also we- say Qatar coming last. That was pretty fun oh, to see. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was hilarious. That was, that was beautiful. That, that, that was... Yeah. Um, that was totally worth it. But you know what? That group, that, that group, other than Qatar, gave us good matches. Like, that's... I think Senegal had a lot more potential. And maybe we would have done more if they had Mane. Um... But, uh, yeah, I feel sorry for Ecuador. They're kind of like the forgotten team in this World Cup, and they were like really good in that world. You think if they were in yeah. a different group, like well, think, things could have worked out better I for them. I think you could say that for a couple of teams. And it, honestly, that it comes down to the luck of the draw, right? I'd say yeah. 100% Canada. for Canada. Yeah. I think you could 100% put Canada in there. Um, but you know what? It was a great World Cup for, and there was a lot of moments just to narrow down to one. Like we just named a good bunch there, so. Please read my article at 39 Sports. I can talk to you anyone since this FIFA World Cup if you would like to know more. Which, don't worry, we will have a... We'll, we'll make sure everyone knows where we can find when we're up, but... Yeah, I you you guys are right. Like, these are some of these moments, too, that they sort of slipped my mind because it was so quick. I... My favorite moment itself was just the upsets. Yeah, the, yeah. the The kind of going into it with that premonition of, okay, this is how it's, you know, this is how it's going to play. This team is going to win. 
And then when it doesn't happen or it goes a totally different way and you're like, okay, all right, interesting, interesting. And then it would happen again and again and or the games would come way closer and it was just like, oh, fuck, all right, this is games on. If you if you look at the last previous World Cups, I think I and correct me if I'm wrong. I think if you go to uh, uh, 2014, the most memorable thing was probably the uh, the the uh, Argentina beating Brazil like uh, by a large margin. I think if you go to 28 Germany seven one. Um, I think if you look at, like, you just look at work like that, you look at 2006, probably one of the most memorable moments was Zidane's headbutt. Um, would you say this is the first World Cup in a long time anyways that will actually be remembered for its final, or do you think it will be remembered for something else? That was the final in 2006. Yeah, but it was one incident, though. <laughs> Nobody's remembering the game. They remember the headbutt. Yeah, I, that was, because that was it. You, you don't. That was the thing. If you do go back to 2000, I know, I know if you're diehard, but you have yeah. to just think the general memory. It's, it's, if you look up World Cup 2006, you're that, that article's either going to be there, right in And if you look at like 2010, it's literally remembered for its fucking horns, okay? Oh, <laughs> the worst thing. So that's what I'm saying. Oh. Like, will this World Cup Google actually go Zayla's down fuck. for being the best, like, finale? Like, is that, is this what it's going to be remembered for? Or I think 1998 was the last time we had a World Cup was most memorable for its final, and that's because Ronaldo nearly fucking died before the game started and then played. <laughs> Do you think there's something else in this World Cup that would top that, though? No, I... I, I mean, even if there was, because of how dramatic this final was, I think you will look back on this, and your most memorable moment will be the final. Like, yeah. If maybe, because of... Maybe there was something more memorable than it, more dramatic, but, like, you're not going to look past this final. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I fully agree. I think that there just was, there just wasn't anything significant enough. I, I think that's what it was. There wasn't anything, um, that went super wrong, that went, um, ridiculous. You know, like Spain beating Costa Rica seven nothing. It's like, oh, okay, like that wasn't the upset that you'd think it'd be. Yeah, I, I think this is fully gonna be one of the ones where you have. A poten- I, to be fair, this was kind of set up because it was going to be that way. France had a chance to win two in a row, and this was Messi's last. So this was just kind of the market, as we said, the it was marketing. A story in a, it was a story in its own, yeah. Yeah, the it was a, ending. So I think that was that's where that kind of worked out. Yeah, but, possibly. But kind of moving in terms of uh, goal, because I know you kind of mentioned it too, Michael. What would be like your your favorite goal that just sort of sticks out in your head? Mm. Um, not the Mbappe one that was second for the World Cup final, for the love of God, please. Um, I think that will forever go down as one of my favorites. But I also said that about Netherlands' goal against Argentina. Um, again, being Canadian, Davies' goal will always uh, be one that I remember for. Um, Adekubi's own goal, or Morocco's own goal from Adekubi, however you want to phrase it, will also be there just because, you know, we, we did get two goals, even though only one player has one. <laughs> um, I think... I. Yeah, I think you have. I think it's more Poppers. I mean, Netherlands one was a fun one. That was just fun. But if you're looking for pure fucking excitement and skill and everything you want from a soccer goal, and Poppers second one. I'm gonna cheat because you know it's our season finale here. You can't stop me. I'm gonna say what I thought the best goal was and what my favorite goal was. So the best goal I'll get out the way is the Richarlison overhead kick in the group oh, stage yeah. against um, yeah. against Serbia. Like case closed. You know, if you haven't watched it, watch it. 
And, you know, that's goal of the tournament. Like, debate over. Um, favorite goal for me, um, look, we kind of, I kind of touched on it a bit, um, last week about kind of what, like, Messi, like, kind of means to me in terms of having watched him, like, his whole career. And, like, he's always been, he's always been my favorite player. And I think, you know, even when I'm, like, 80 years old, I'm still going to be, like, you know, when the next greatest player comes around, I'm still going to be like, yeah, but it's not Lionel Messi. So to see him, so to see him score what it turns out it wasn't, but to see him score what looks like to be the game-winning goal in the World Cup final, I'm I'm not ashamed to admit that like something just came over me at the at the time. Like I didn't start crying, but like there was a big, massive lump in my throat. Like um to see that, like so. I've seen this guy go for it. I've seen him lose Copa America 2006. I watched Copa America in 2007 as a wee guy in Scotland purely because of Lionel Messi and like loving him and then like liking Argentina by proxy as a result. And I've seen them lose that final to Brazil. I've seen them lose in 2014 when Gonzalo Higuain decided to like have the worst game of all time, pretty much. I've seen them lose in 2015 when Gonzalo Higuain decided to have the worst game of all time, pretty (sighs) much. And then they, they lose in 2016 again. And, like, I'm going, like, is he ever going to do it? Because, <laughs> like, he can do everything for Barcelona. And that was incredible. Like, you know, you just you think to that final against Man United. You think to that semi-final against Bayern Munich. You think against that semi-final against Real Madrid and the Bernabeu. Like, there's just so many iconic moments. But he didn't really have any of those playing in the blue. And, what, and you, you hear all the things about Argentinian fans not liking on and turning on him and, like, it just kind of make it just kind of living you feel this disheartened. You know, he's never Maradona in their eyes. So the sort of like rise of the last couple of years of him, like of him, kind of falling in love with international football again, but also the fans falling in love with him. Yeah, like I, he seems very much more like he plays for Argentina now. He does PSG, as far as I'm concerned. I don't associate him with PSG in the way he could have with Barcelona. And it culminated with that um, final to see him score. You know, it's kind of like. I turned into that 11 year old again who watched him in the 2007 Copa America. <laughs> and, uh, it just like, okay, yeah, he didn't, like, obviously it didn't turn to be the game winner, but at that time, it was just, it was just like everything I possibly could have, like, wanted in life out of watching football. Messi's just had that arc though. Like that, that like peak and he's going to do it, he's going to do it, but then never could reach that step. Mm-hmm. Messi is just Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. They, they're oh, both... yeah, didn't he do his thing on the logo? Yeah. Uh, Ash Ketchum just won the World Cup. They're both 26. Like, it's been 26 years of, of watching that, of, of watching them try and, and win that, and it's now happened in the same year. And they're both so... short with black hair, and I'm pretty sure Ash is 10 years old, and... He wears number ten. I guess it's a it's, full, it's, full it's, it's it's there's Close a lot enough. of there's a lot of similarities. So who's Pikachu? Is that so, Di Maria actually? That Di Maria. I think so. I think he so. looks like he looks like a Pokemon. Yeah. Um, that is yeah. That is that is kind of what it was. I'm gonna cheat on mine a little bit and uh, you know call me out for it. But my favorite and to me the best goal was the fastest goal in this World Cup. I'll give you guys a guess who did it. Davies. There we go. Um, Colin Dave. Lindy when he came on against Morocco. I touched on that. I touched <laughs> t- on it. You did touch on it, but I'm also going to say it's one of the best because that goal was not a fluke. It was well done, and it was the fastest goal in this World Cup. And for me, that that was just pure what we could have been and what we could have done. And 
I, I, in my head, I just, I have that replayed again and again and again, mostly because I don't want to, you know, list the ones against Argentina. So like those are kind of null and voided in my head, but that's, that's probably going to be the best one. Let's rapid fire though. Best player in your eyes outside of Messi. And Mbappe. And Mbappe. (laughs) And Davies. Okay. Let's be fair. Actually, yeah. And then Davies. Okay. So outside of sort of the, the big three. What was your best player? You, you ready to boo me? Um, mine, I will put, I know this is controversial, and I don't think he was the best player. But I think from where he's come to the tournament he had, Harry Maguire was outstanding. He had an excellent fucking tournament. And from what is going on with him and Man U and all this shit... Ooh, I do just not want to tell, boo to boo. Yeah, do not tell me McGuire did not deserve the credit he got because he was fucking outstanding this tournament. I'll also give it to Rashford. He was fun to watch. Actually, a lot of a lot of those England players were abs- were outstanding. Like uh, again, Sokka is always top notch. Always love watching him go. Um, you're right. Rashford is is absolutely like incredible. Um, I, I, I do think I do think England players have have a lot of merit. They could a lot of them could take could have taken so had they gone further, um, you know, player of the tournament and stuff like that. I generally think. I oh, for my s- any of that. <laughs> yeah, he uh, got twenty twenty six. Who teams we think uh, are going to do well? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the best player for myself, I think, because Harry Maguire wasn't. I I have nothing against Harry Maguire. I think he was kind of a liability in a couple spots, but for the most part. I don't have anything major, major against him. Uh, my my personal player is actually going to be, and this isn't necessarily a cop out, is going to be Emmy Martinez, knowing from what he did, like like That's going fair. from not at all the starter by any means and being on loan in League One and Championship clubs to getting a, a very a shockingly short window is the first for Arsenal. Then being immediately dropped and moving to Aston Villa to then going on to winning a World Cup by penalty saves. Thanks a lot, Mitrovic. Yeah. <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> but the was... least favorite players instead, just name the whole Serbia team. Oh. Oh. So Paul, Paul, favorite player, rapid fire, as fat rapid as we can, as we draw shit out. Uh, Messi feels like a cop out at this point, so I'm going to say Antoine Griezmann. Oh, okay. No, that is fair. We yeah. said no Mbappe. We said no Messi and no Davies. So, yeah. Antoine Griezmann. Yeah, actually, he was constantly sort of raved. As Almost like- feels like the forgotten man, especially with him like coming off the sub in that final, which was a shame. Like His overall play in the tournament didn't deserve that. I mean, like I'm not saying he didn't deserve to get substituted. I just mean like yeah. it was a shame for him to have his worst game, essentially, in the final because... France don't get to the World Cup final without Griezmann. He basically does defending for about three players there. Giroud can't defend. De Belli doesn't go back and defend. Mbappe doesn't defend. Griezmann's constantly going to be working his arse off there for that front attack when it comes to defending and pressing. And I just think he was fantastic. He was outstanding in this tournament. Yeah. So, with that, this World Cup is over. It's sad. I hate seeing it go. Um, as much as we didn't want it in Qatar, World Cup is always a lot of fun because it's just it's fun to see all these different countries and players and people and, and starting getting used to, to a lot of new names. But four more years. 
We have four years until it's in our backyard. Twenty twenty three and a half years, baby. Yeah, the best yeah. thing about oh, it. Being and that is that is fuck. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, it's not going to be in the winter. Thank fucking god. The best thing about it being in December. Yeah, is it's going to be wait four years. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, we're actually going to have this at like a reasonable time. With that being said, 2026 is coming up, and it is around the corner. It's wow! Look how tough. It's look a long corner, place. but it's there. It's a, it's a long it's a long corner, but it's it's there. So 2026. What are we looking forward to the most in this this particular cup? Getting the getting the group stages out of the way, so there's thirty six teams. <laughs> I don't care if it's like a sort of Eurocentric elitist thing to say, but like I, I I'm fine with like expanding it to maybe forty or like realigning what con- continents gets what, but um forty eight is an absolutely mental decision. Yeah, it does. I, I don't agree with that. But. So I'm looking forward to the getting all the scrubs in 2026 eliminated and over with. So he's, he's looking forward and to... That might even include Scotland. I was about to say, you're looking forward to getting Scotland the fuck out of there. <laughs> uh, ah, yeah. Ruthless. Well, you've seen the temperatures in the States in the summer. Can't be doing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tyranny, tyranny is basically going to step outside and immediately turn like a lobster. I'm yeah, first, that'll be the like first Texas time you'll watch something that God the, help them. That'll be the first time you watch Tyranny wear like long sleeves to protect him from the sun. I'm I'm excited to hopefully get to a fucking game. I don't care who it is or when it is. I'm hoping to get to at least one game. Um, oh for sure. I well, mean, with four, with 48 to, teams, you're gonna have a lot of choice. I've been, so. I went to the uh, the Women's World Cup when it was in Canada. I went to quite a few of those games, not just Canada's. Um, it was a lot of fun. The crowds did really well, and I I know the crowds are gonna be electric here um even if i have to go a little bit south of the border i'll do that to follow canada or if i have to england you know um i think the atmosphere is going to be this probably going to be one of the best world cups of all time for atmosphere like, yeah. like i mentioned it before like when i was i was in the states for the 2014 world cup and like there was colombians everywhere argentinians everywhere there, ecuadorians everywhere portuguese people everywhere english people everywhere it's like they're already there. Imagine how many people are going to come along for a World Cup in North America. Oh, exactly. And you know all those like ones from uh, com- all the Commonwealth countries. You know, effectively can drive. I know you can't, but like can effectively drive up the road. And yeah. there's so many expats in the in these countries. Like the atmosphere. This is going to be the best World Cup for atmosphere. I think in a long, long time. I, I also so think it's going to be immigrants here, uh, here yeah. in the states. That family is going to come in like, yo, I'm going to stay with you. We're going to go some games. In my opinion, too, it's one of the most accessible because, you know, Russia doesn't have airports everywhere. They built stadiums in places that were hard to get to. Okay. Uh, Qatar, a nightmare and super expensive to get to because you had to either fly really expensive charter like flights or bounce into several different places. Yeah. You know, Brazil, they built stadiums in random places. All of these games happening are in established cities with established airports and, like, already have direct flights to almost anywhere on the planet. Pretty much, yeah. So this is going to be so easy to get to from so many people that I think these are going to be just be packed with so I many wanna, I do want to quickly say, speaking from experience, I can't wait for the first batch of people from Britain coming over to, like, say, a game in New York and thinking they get they can get to a game in L.A. in the same day. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, when, I, when I moved to New Jersey, I thought, like, oh, you know, I could take a day trip to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> oh, oh, young Paul. Oh, young Paul. You so innocent. A, so naive. A day trip. It would take you a day, but then you'd immediately <laughs> turn around and come back. Yeah, pretty much. Um, actually, no, I mean, from New York to Arizona, that's that's like a two, three-day drive now. 
Oh, yeah. oh I mean, okay. yeah, you were going to drive. You could, could just swap on a you know, <laughs> quick little flight over there. Because, yeah, again, like at least the little flights in between are, are – they're doable. They're, yeah, they're no, doable. I, it is. And I, even if you fly from New York to Arizona, it's about three to four hours. It is doable. Um, but, yeah, no, you, you're right, Paul. That's going to be funny. But the, the, just That's the funny. whole sense, I, I agree with you. It's going to be very accessible. I think we're going to get some of the best crowds. Um, and I just hope Canada gets to the point where we could be legit contenders to get our group and maybe be seen as a threat in the round of 16, 18, or 8, whatever it is. And uh, to put my serious McSerious hat on for a second, I'm looking forward to like um, like freedom of the press as much as a very well established thing in um, the USA and Canada. So I'm looking forward to FIFA getting properly grilled about shit. <laughs> yeah. I want to see Infantino squirm, <laughs> the bald wee rat. It'll be interesting to see that type of shit. We'll see how it goes. I mean, we got four years to go. Four years for Canada to build that game up. We got four years to win some MLS. Conquer Canada's Canada, going to be primed for 2026. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I know we're not getting that many games, but the games we do get is something special. Oh, I mean, the team's going to be primed. Oh, but yeah, but I'm just saying in general. The country itself, we're not getting that many games, but we're getting something. It's still, it's still better than nothing. And I mean, yeah. we'll see. It's just, I really do hope, obviously, that Canada's going to have like their games here. I, it will suck if like all of our games are in Mexico. Um, not, not because like they better make it. Could be, could be in British Columbia, mate. Could be my neck of the woods. Well, if it's anything like they did for the Women's World Cup, they'll do Vancouver, Montreal, and somewhere else. Hopefully, the Canadian men will get three games throughout yeah, the country. That's great, but it's only Vancouver and Toronto, or the host cities. Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. So those well, two. Give us one. But of even each. even one even but yeah, you're right. Even yeah. one of each, especially with the expanded teams. But it could be. You know, like no home, whatever it is. I don't know what they're going to do with the 48. I am kind of excited for the 48 because like I'm kind of excited for those teams who just barely don't squeak in. Remember, four years time, there's a lot of like big stars retiring. So I feel like there actually might be some bigger teams who might have potentially missed out not having that space. Because I I can almost guarantee with all of the the big stars retiring for Argentina, they're going to be so lost like they were in the 2018 World Cup. Yeah, but it's Argentina, man. Like, it's going to be there. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, you're not going to, like, like a big part of the world. I love being able to laugh at, like, Italy missing the World Cup or the US missing the World Cup or the Netherlands missing the World Cup or laughing at ourselves for missing the World (laughs) Cup. Like, like, I love, like, because it takes away a lot of the stress and tension and what makes qualification for the World Cup great. Like, six teams from CONCACAF get, like, could you imagine what's going to be like watching the sixth best team in CONCACAF against like Brazil and France? To be fair, though, to be fair, it will be fucking hilarious. It's going to be embarrassing beat, if they do beat them. Oh, that's yeah. what I want. I want more bullshit upsets where France has to go against Honduras and decides, ah, I'm not going to put anybody out there to heck with that, and then loses. If the sixth best team in CONCACAF are able to get. Um, at least two points in a, in the 2026 group stage, I will eat an entire book in front of you, Andre. Let's go. I am Come so on, I will happy. actually eat a book. So happy <laughs> that points. this is recorded. This is so happy this is recorded. I am that so just one win is all I need from them. One win. Uh, yeah, we'll make it that one win. If I... The sixth best team can get one win. No, I, I just need them to get one win. Okay, let's not be... Okay, cha- yeah, let's points, not be sure. changing the fucking rules now, all right? But... 
We'll do two points. So I think I think we're all you know fairly excited. Anybody have anything like really jumping out at them um, World Cup wise that we're not hating on for the for the twenty six before we move on? I yeah, I just feel like it's going to be like this one. Like it's going to feel incredibly open. Like as much as the pain to say England are probably going to make a out hot. France are going to be just as hot. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing teams from outside of UEFA continue to do well. Like we've seen a, a huge advancement in African and Asian football. Like maybe not huge, but like certainly huge on the pitch because that's the first time every African team in the World Cup got a win. We've seen three teams from Asia get there. I think like those top heavy teams. The top end teams in Africa and Asia are going to do very well again in 2026. I feel like that gap with um, Europe is closing as more and more of the best players from Africa and Asia are playing their football in Europe. That's becoming much more homogenized there. There's much less of a gap. So I'm looking forward to seeing much more, ho- hopefully much more diversity going forward. That's another thing I want to quickly, I want to quickly say, like, I'm happy Argentina won in a way because, like, it was getting a little, I was getting a little stale and boring seeing European teams constantly win. You know, even got like Discord that like, oh, the Euros is more difficult to win than the World Cup. And I like to hope that just puts that to bed. Like, you know, like the Europe don't just win the World Cup all the time, which is good. Obviously, like, you know, whatever, European, I'll admit it, I don't mind it. But like, I feel like it's good for the world and the competition as a whole to see other continents do well in the UEFA's place. Technically speaking, there is a good argument that Euros is harder to win, but... We're not talking about that. We're talking about the <laughs> Nope. But it doesn't necessarily put it to bed, but it is nice to see it kind of move out. I think we're all <laughs> we're, we're all super excited. I know it's for, like, you know, the four years, three and a half years, well, the excitement will build. Canada is still going to play kind of their qualifying games. It's still going to feel like qualifying for us because it, it was it was such a pipe dream for us to even get here. So I'm, I'm I know I know we're all going to be way more excited. It's fine. We have other shit. We have we have. Cannonball coming up. We got the gold cup, baby. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Gold and like and yeah. The thought of like winning the gold cup is is actually within the realm of possibility ish. Yeah. And next summer. Yeah. And then the summer after that, possible Copa. And then the summer after that, we got gold cup, and that's not including Nations League in and out. Canada's gonna be busy over the next four years. Very busy. Yeah. That we are we are gonna fly by. So with that kind of a bombshell, we're going to go to a quick break. We're going to talk about what our plans are for this next little bit while we await the upcoming seasons of Canada. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. There's no doubt you like sports. You've made it this far. So when you're done here, make sure to head on over to 13thmansports.ca. For all your CFL, NFL, NBA, MLS, CPL, and so, so many more. 13th Man Sports has articles, podcasts, and a couple surprises along the way. So don't let yourself fall out of the know, and make sure you get to know 13th Man Sports. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for for sticking around. Uh, I know this is it's kind of hard for us to say it's all been over and done, and there's so much coming up. But we talked about what Canada has coming up, but now we need to talk about what we have coming up. The selfish people, the ones who want to talk about ourselves. We are going on a break. Sort of. We're not going to be fully going on a break because obviously World Cup is coming and gone. Our CPL is done. Our League One is done. And MLS is done. And while we could get into the rigmarole of European play, and we will 
we will kind of do a little bit of a summary of how our predictions went um, about a certain, you know, Norwegian player who <laughs> definitely wasn't going to be doing too well. And that prediction may or may not have come from a even, Scottish podcaster that's that on that. us uh, on here. It might have happened. But with that. Um, FC 13 is going to be going on a little bit of a small mini break. We're still going to put out some content for you guys. We're still going to be putting out some videos and some episodes from here there. We're going to get some interviews lined up and everything going, but we're not going to be doing the same sort of weekly until we get a little bit closer to kickoff day for the MLS League One, Ontario and BC and PLSQ and, and our, our CPL boys. So there's, there's lots to thank and, and say, you know, our bits about it so i'll kind of let you boys get into get into it uh yeah i'll just like to take a moment to like um i like to think a lot of people are we may have a lot of people who've been watching us with the world cup going on certainly put more attention on us and i want to make it perfectly clear right now to everybody listening in canada across the world that we very much intend to keep this energy up for the women's world cup in 2023 that's going to be played in the summer in new zealand and australia Particularly with like, you know, with how good Canada's men's team are doing, it still pales in comparison to the prestige that the women's team has in their game. We're generally going into the 2023 World Cup with not just hope, but expectation that Canada can go really far. You, you don't want to expect teams to win. That's setting yourself up for failure. But there is every chance Canada could win 2023. It's, it's going to be Christine Sinclair's last raid. And you know, if it works for Messi, maybe it can work for Sinclair. And we're hoping you can join us along. The, we're hoping you, we can, you can join us as well. Obviously, um, there's been some big news that's happened in the last month in Canadian soccer world being away, which we'll, we promise we are going to touch on. That we are going to touch on, um, Edmonton folding. We're going to touch on, um, you know, any signings made by CPL or MLS teams. We know there's an expect, Expansion teams in League One Canada, and obviously the big, yeah, the the big news, of course, being like we are going to talk about the the creation of a women's professional league in Canada as well, which is a huge development. So, like, don't worry, we are going to talk about those, and you know, we are going to talk about um, Alistair Johnson uh, joining Celtic as well. That's all coming up, just um, and so, um, and, just, and the Coney boy, who's a favorite oh, here. And Co- and Cody going to Watford. So, like, yeah, these are all the things you can Austin expect for us going for forward. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> uh, it could, uh, could not have gone any better. So, um, He's yeah. He's a big, we, big Watford fan. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, love me Elton John. Love me Hornets. Uh, love me Troy Deeney. Um, so, yeah, um, as you can see, we're very ready to get going again. We just need a little bit of beauty sleep um, to get us through Christmas and the new year. We'll be up firing um, maybe in February, maybe in January if you feel like it, but... Like, we'll be taking a bit of a break, but we'll, we'll see you guys soon. Yeah, I mean, the break's coming. We need it. We've been doing this for, I think, eight, nine months, not without any break. Actually, maybe a little bit more. But either way, we've uh, hustled through the CPL, MLS, CONCACAF, World Cup, uh, Nations League. We'll be back for, yes, League yes, one. League oh, one. yes, League One. I'm- Never forget our League One boys, because <laughs> they, they tend to end their season earlier and don't have a lot of movement. So we-, we just need to know we still love all our League One boys. And there is so many developments coming up with that. Exactly. And there's, there's more to come. We'll have shirt coming out for you, everyone. And just so everyone knows, we are officially over 70,000 listens. That's 
Yes. Insane for us. We when we first started our first podcast but back in April, I think our first one got seventy listens in total. So the fact that we're at now at seventy thousand we, we just added a couple of zeros. We added a couple of zeros. It's it's mental and the fact that we have that uh that viewing ship to support the whatever you want to call it, it's makes it more fun doing it for us in all honesty and we'll be back next season and we're going to take a bit of that break like Paul said but we'll be back for anything Canadian we're going to grow with the sport the sport is clearly mm-hmm. growing in the country and we're going to follow it and be there every step of the way now we, we, there's this one loose end I think we have to tie up though isn't there Michael um, Andre you won a little game a couple of weeks ago didn't you I did I did win uh, I I May or may not have completely forgot about it, even though I took. We all took it more oh, seriously. Crap! You forgot about it, Michael. Uh, we're in the clear. We, we, I'm not the the amount the amount that we all took that game so ungodly serious is just absolutely incredible. That somehow I, I managed to forget. Yeah, I, I lost, and my punishment is not safe for work. But don't worry, we will we will find a way to air that. Um, but Andre, are you are you able to check your emails right now? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I am. I need you to check your emails right now. I think you might have a special delivery in there. Oh, for so fuck's can... sakes, boys. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Merry Christmas. Oh. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy you want to tell the, you want to tell the listeners what you want? So, <laughs> uh, the boys, boys got me a gift card for the MLS store. Um, and that is dope as shit because i don't tend to i don't tend to pick myself up a lot of stuff because it's it's i often find this stuff's too expensive or i'll wait till it goes on sale so boy oh thank you guys i appreciate that yeah i don't um, think we forgot about that you know about it was a very... season, okay i'm letting you know that right now <laughs> that's how it was my next year i got robbed i'm coming back for it i i, I i'm gonna be i'm gonna be totally honest i I'm I'm super happy I won it. I'm proud. I deserve it. I deserve the trophy. No, I'm kidding. I I think that game brought the best and worst out of all of us. <laughs> and brought the worst out of me. I I I'm just emotionally. There are so many times that I've I have literally just been like, fuck this game, fuck this podcast, fuck everything about it. I I, I really want to die. Because like I'd lose a game by one point and it was like, oh my God. Um uh, so that's something you all can look forward to in the new year because the games are only going to get more intense. You're only going to get more ridiculous. And, you know, we're going to start to to do some tweaks and some changes and, and have some fun with it. So, boys, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. That's actually amazing. Um, it's great, too, because I can't even see my emails until I actually open them up. So <laughs> I'm not going to have no idea. I, I And I want to thank all of our listeners uh, for taking the time for reaching out, for retweeting us, for commenting, listening to the games, you know, taking the time to watch our stuff and and listen to the stuff as it comes up. You know, we we try our best to stay on time. We try our best to get our stuff out on time. The boys put out some outstanding articles and Ian and Kevin and Frankie and Shane from 13th Man Sports put a ton of work and a ton of time into getting these quality articles out and getting them consistently out for us and trying to, you know, like have some fun with it. Because we're, we're not a, a million dollar news agency. We're not a big journalism. You know, it's a scenario where we do this for the love of the game. We do it for the love of Canadian sport. And there's so much more we want to grow on. And you all are part of it. 
Literally, if you have made it to this far and you're listening to these words, you are single-handedly the reason why we're even able or or willing or, you know, have the drive to do this, to go out. So there's so much thanks that goes to you for for sticking around, for sticking around with all this. So Yeah, you said it better than I could. Yeah. It, from the bottom, from the bottom of, of every single one of our hearts, like we honestly have to say, <clears throat> like literally. Thank you guys. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, choke up and tear up, but it's, it's there. Thank you guys so much for sticking around with us. The, the season that you have, there is so much coming up. The CPL is starting up soonish. The MLS seasons are starting up officially very, very soon. League one Ontario has a lot of big moves. League one BC is going to be starting up soon. Well, it's got a shorter season that's coming up quick. And PLSQ is there. Then we are going to have the women's division to talk about the women's world cup the men's journey, the women's national journey. And with all of us being completely picked apart, we promise we will put some stuff out. So we're not to drag it out too much. We're going to have some stuff coming out in between. It will be sporadic, but we'll, we'll get her out there. And if you know somebody, this is our, our little, like a uh, little bit of a, a fun secret here. If you know someone in the football industry, send their contact our way. <laughs> Send it to at FC13 Podcast on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, any of that stuff. Send it our way. We will reach out if you can get us in contact with them. Love to have them on because we really want to expand it. So we have three and a half years to get ourselves big enough to get free tickets for 2026. <laughs> pretty much that's the end goal. That's literally that's literally what we're doing. Um, so from everyone here at the FC13 Podcast. I generally want to say thank you. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on YouTube at the FC13 Podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so when we do actually put a video up, because Michael may or may not have forgotten our last one, which, you know, it's fine. It happens. We're all fucking busy and we don't get, he doesn't get paid to do it. (laughs) So you'll get notified when those go up. And same with our episodes, all of our podcasts, whether it's on Apple Music, uh, Spotify, wherever you get it amazon pod wherever you get your podcasts make sure to hit that subscribe and notification button that way you don't ever miss an episode so from all of us from everyone at fc13 from everyone at 13th man sports we genuinely want to say thank you guys for listening and paying attention and remember listening to the fc13 podcast it's like watching football. It's like watching football, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna at the same time be cute." It's oh, football be cute at the same time. Yeah, but it's football through a microwave. It's our life. We'll okay, three, two, yeah. one. We'll say through All a microwave. Right. All right, through. Wait, we'll just do the whole thing. Edit it a big bang. Okay, watching the FC thirteen podcast. Thirteen podcast. It's like, it's like watching football, football through a microwave. Through a microwave. <laughs>